And it's time again for the Bright Spot Hour. I appreciate those of you that are hearing the program and make it a point every day to tune your radio to this station to hear the Bright Spot Hour. Thank you so much for being with us. Today we have Bonnie McGaha, the beautiful Hammond organ, and Naomi Kelly at the piano. I'm certain that you will enjoy the music provided for us throughout the days of this week. To begin the Bright Spot Hour today, we have at the beautiful organ a wonderful hymn entitled and song, I Have Somebody With Me. Thank you so much, Bonnie. I enjoyed that, and I'm certain those that hear the Bright Spot Hour enjoyed that as well. You know, the Lord said in John 14 and verse number 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And then he also said in John 16 and verse number 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This brings us to prayer time. You and I can rejoice in the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is abiding with us. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank Thee and honor Thee in Jesus' name for the opportunity that is ours to bow before Thy presence. We thank Thee, Father, for the privilege to come before Thee and make prayer. And I ask of Thee, Lord, for Thy will to be done. We pray for Thy grace to be real in the lives of those that hear the program. And there are many that are listening to the Bright Spot Hour today. And Father, they have needs in their lives. Some of them have turmoil in the home. Others are facing financial difficulties and financial reversals. I ask of thee, Lord, that you'd comfort them. Be with them. Show thyself to be near and dear unto their heart and life. Then I pray for those, some may be doubting their salvation. They struggle with the adversary of the flesh and the adversary of the devil. They are troubled and sometimes prone to wonder whether or not they are genuinely saved. I pray thee, Lord, that thou wouldest comfort them in such a way and minister grace in their lives. Show them, Father God, that thou art a sympathizing Savior, a wonderful Redeemer. 
Father, I pray for thy blessing to be upon the furtherance of the broadcast today, that Jesus Christ might receive glory and honor to himself. And for all that you do for us, we'll be careful to praise thee. In Jesus' name, amen. We have the joy of Naomi Kelly at the beautiful piano today, and she's playing What a Savior. Thank you so much to the late Bonnie Magaha and also the late Naomi Kelly. What a joy to have them with us on the Bright Spot Hour during the days of this week. Your Bibles are open with me, please. Romans 12, verse number 1 and 2. Romans 12, verse number 1 and 2. Always a joy to greet our listeners across the Bright Spot Hour Radio Network today from WKXV in Knoxville, Tennessee, WDSL in Moxville, North Carolina, WCLW in Reedsville, North Carolina. The Bright Spot Hours work of faith and a labor of love depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable this door of radio broadcasting to remain open. And I make that statement day by day because it is, in reality, a statement of fact. We depend entirely upon the Lord and upon God's people to enable 
this door of radio broadcasting to remain open. I make that statement every day because uh, we trust the Lord and we trust God's people to help us. During the month of March, I make available my grandfather's sermon number 52 on the Battle of Armageddon. Sermon number 52 on the Battle of Armageddon. I'll be glad to send this to you on a compact disc, and you may have yours for a gift of support to the Bright Spot Hour of $10. Also make available my grandfather's sermon, Can God, Can God Furnish a Table in the Wilderness? One of the most famous sermons my grandfather ever produced during his lifetime. I'll be thrilled for you to have a copy of this good sermon on compact disc, and I will send it to you for a gift of ten dollars. I make available my grandfather's commentary on first and second Corinthians, a verse by verse, line by line study, first and second Corinthians. You write and request your copy of this good commentary. I'm positive it can be a benefit and a blessing to you, and I'll be glad to send yours to you for twenty dollars. Our mailing address, the bright spot hour. Post Office Box number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email comes through the website, thebrightspothour.com. Let me encourage you to find Ben Carperell, The Bright Spot Hour, on social media at Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, YouTube, X, and Facebook. We continue our study in the matter of sanctification today in Romans chapter number 12, Romans 12 and verse number 2. The Apostle Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Perfect will of God. I've been dealing with the human responsibility in the matter of sanctification. We recognize, obviously, that God does the work of sanctifying the the sinner, the Sinner is now in Christ Jesus. Before the new birth experience, we were in Adam. The Bible is very clear as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The born again believer at the new birth experience is taken out of Adam and out of Adam's condemnation and is placed into the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we call that positional sanctification. We call that initial sanctification. The born-again child of God is now in Christ Jesus. And he is in Christ Jesus as opposed to being an Adam. But like everything else that we find uh, in the New Testament, there is a divine work But then there's also a human responsibility. That's much like this matter of sanctification. We talk about positional sanctification and practical sanctification. 
Every born-again child of God positionally has the same sanctification. As in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But not every born-again believer has the same area of practical sanctification. And you and I observe just in in uh, in the common course of our life, we observe that there are some believers that are more dedicated to the Lord than other believers, that there are some believers that are more fervent for Jesus Christ than other believers. Some are more sold out. Some are more consecrated than other believers. We have positional practical. So we have, there is a human responsibility. And I pointed out that this human responsibility is uh, developed by faith in Christ's redemptive work. The born-again believer lives, walks, stands, fights, and overcomes in the power of the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, I pointed out that the born-again believer is sanctified by the Word of God. The Lord Jesus said in John 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Today I want to move a step further where Paul calls upon the believers, I beseech you therefore, brethren. Now how does Paul beseech them? By the mercies of God. Every born-again child of God has and enjoys the mercies of God. We have the mercies of God as a result of the new birth. Uh, you are completely born again at the moment you receive Christ by faith. You're not saved partially or almost or halfway or two-thirds. If you're born again by the grace of God, you are totally and completely born of the Spirit of God. You are completely born again right now. You are justified completely at this moment. Uh, you have received in the new birth the mercies of God. You've already received them. If you had not received the mercies of God, you're not saved. So Paul says, I'm now calling on you because you have received the mercies of God. I'm calling upon you by virtue of what you already have received in the grace of God. I call upon you. I beseech you. The word beseech means to call upon. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that because you are saved and because you have received the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, involved in this matter of the presentation of our bodies as an acceptable sacrifice, Paul goes on to say, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the third area of practical sanctification, human, the human side of sanctification, is a dedication of one's life to the Lord. 
Now, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. And sometimes I think we get this all clouded up or all messed up. I've said this before since I've been dealing with the matter of sanctification over the last several days, and I think it bears repeating right now, right at this particular point. But I'm afraid sometimes we preach a doctrine that if I am pious, I'm sanctified. I think we have also preached a doctrine that if I am sanitized, I am sanctified. And sometimes we attempt to sanitize our houses. We throw, throw away all of our radios and we get rid of our televisions and we get rid of our computers and we, we sanitize our house. But, you know, men were sinners in need of the saving grace of God and they committed sins before the television was ever invented or before the radio was ever invented or before these other things were ever invented, men were still sinners. They were sinners then. In fact, at the end of the antediluvian age, with no television, no movie houses, no computers, no telephones, no radios, the commentary in Genesis 6 of that age is men's hearts and thoughts were only evil continually. They were completely manipulated by the matter of evil, and they didn't have a television. And sometimes we get the idea that I can sanitize my house, and if I sanitize my house, then I am sanctified. Some of the most uh, uh, critical, cruel, backbiting, self-indulgent, self-centered people I have ever met are Pharisees that come down to our churches and they behave in such a way that, uh, that they say, you know, I'm not a sinner like those other people down there at the church. I'm better than they are. I don't commit sins like they commit. And I can find in the Bible where God hates pride. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven, are an abomination unto him. And the first one categorized is a proud look. Now, what do we mean by the complete dedication of one's life? Well, look back in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I think we can understand this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. The brethren have already received the mercies of God. That's Paul's basis of beseeching. If they had not received the mercies of God, they would not be brethren. So Paul is not calling upon these people to be saved. Paul is calling upon them because they are saved. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't be brethren. If you're brethren, you've received the mercies of God. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Notice the language there. Not that you make your body a living sacrifice, but that you present your body a living sacrifice. Now, how is this presentation to be made? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, the born-again child of God is to live in an act and in an attitude of surrender that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, some believers will dedicate themselves provided God allows them to do what they want to do. 
I've been preaching 42 years. I've never pastored a church. I thought when I was in college 40 years ago that I would spend my life pastoring. Here I am now, a middle-aged man, and I've never pastored a day in my life. Now, 40 years ago when I was in school, this is not what I expected God to do with me. Uh, what God has allowed me to do is not what I thought God would allow me to do. But here I am now, having surrendered, having reckoned to myself to be dead, indeed unto sin, and alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the matter of reckoning, the matter of surrender, I have seen what God has done with the course of my life, and I'm as grateful as a man can be. If God had done with me what I thought God would have done with me, I might not be speaking to you right now on the bright spot hour. I may not have had the meeting, revival meeting that I preached in last week. I may not have the meeting lined up that I have lined up before me in the coming weeks. I, God has done with me that which is pleasing unto him. It's not what I thought he would do. It's not what I expected him to do. But then I presented my body a living sacrifice. I didn't say to the Lord, I am a sacrifice. And here's what I want to happen. I yielded my body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, there is so much worldly thinking in our minds, we, we uh, so many of our churches and pastors operate under a very worldly philosophy. Um, if, if I build it, they will come. They, they have marketing methods to market their ministries, just like Madison Avenue businessmen market their work. I mean, it's, it's totally of the world. I didn't say it was immoral. I said, it is totally of the world. I haven't accused anybody of committing adultery. I have stated that, uh, that, that uh, Madison Avenue advertising agencies couldn't do a better job marketing your ministry than you have done marketing your ministry. And to some men, the ministry is about the market. It's all about how much money can I make. So in verse number two, and be not conformed to this world. Now, what is conformity to the world? Well, look what Paul calls upon them. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our problem is we think so much like the world. We adopt worldly ideas. We adopt worldly principles. We market ourselves like the world. We even conduct our church services uh, uh, like, like the world would conduct an event. Um, I told my wife the other day, I said, these people, these men uh, have not learned how to have revival. They have learned how to have an event, and they call the event a revival. All of that is worldliness. It is all the thinking and the philosophy of the world. Paul says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. 
that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, what is that? Let me, let me say this, and I must go. My time has gotten away from me. The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is what God wants to do with you and what God does with your life in the area that is pleasing unto him. It's not what you have achieved, but it's what God has chosen to do through you. This broadcast of the Bright Spot Hour has been transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. You may write the Bright Spot Hour at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson saying be by your radio tomorrow for the Bright Spot Hour with Dr. Ben Carper. Same time, same station, same gospel.